Wow, did we have such a great reform jello last week with Tom Buck. If you have not seen it yet, I highly, highly recommend you go check out that episode. You can find it wherever you listen to podcasts. It's on YouTube, Reform Jellical. Uh, Tom Buck's a great guy. I'm so thankful that he was able to come on and get to know him a lot better. It's really good. This is How to Build a Tent. Welcome to the show about how to make you successful. Man, there's a lot to talk about today. It looks like the Democrats got $60 billion out of us for rural and minority groups for us to be able to fund those small business loans. Big surprise there. Let's see. What else we got? We're going to talk about the media still carrying weight for the World Health Organization and what that means. And then there is... Uh, this post going around on LinkedIn talking about how companies are hiring people for undervalue because they can take advantage of how many people are unemployed right now, which I don't even know if that strategy works, but even if it does can lead to disaster for your company, for your organization. So we're going to talk about that and uh, maybe some else, but we'll see if we have time for that. If you have any questions, comments, you want to reach out to me, Matt at howtobuild10.com. You can find me there. You can email or you can subscribe to me at How to Build a Tent. And I'd love to hear from you, especially if you disagree. I love getting into debates. It's one of my favorite things to do in this life. We are part of the Fight, Laugh, Feast Network. Go over to FLFnetwork.com. Put in HGBT in the memo field and you will get a sweet mug. You'll get a shirt. You'll get $100 off our conference coming up and you get tons of other stuff. So go over there and sign up for that Fight, Laugh, Feast, FLFnetwork.com. That is where you go. All right, let's get into it. And if, by the way, if you find yourself enjoying the show, feel free to like it and share it, especially if you're on YouTube. That really helps. I really appreciate it. Senate nears $370 billion deal for the Corona Small Business Loans Program. Now, this is the one where we ran out Wednesday, ran out of money Wednesday, and the bill or this program was bipartisan. It was to fund small businesses with the caveat that you had to keep your employees, a 70% or 80% of it had to go to your salaries of your employees. It was a great program. Uh, Mnuchin said that for every dollar they spend on this program, it's one less dollar in unemployment. And I mean, I don't, I haven't done the math to verify that, but that sounds pretty close to being right. And then they ran out because so many people are needing this because we did the most disastrous thing in the world. And but okay, here, before we get into this, I just want to say, uh, before I came on here, it was just absolutely amazing. And I want you, I want you to remember this. When we start to hear, if we didn't do this, it would have been far worse. If we didn't do this, the numbers would have been worse than they were. That this worked, this being the shutdown over this disaster to make it better. Millions of people are going to die. That's what Bernie Sanders says, my Bernie Sanders impersonation. Whenever you are for a policy he's against, if you get your way, he says, millions of people are going to die. I know I'm terrible. I'm not a comedian. I'm not a good impersonationist, impressionist, whatever you want to call it. But every time someone says that... Hey, this worked. Why are you wanting people to die? You want money over people. 
profits over people. I think that was the the chant, the war cry. Well, it turns out the one country, the one country that didn't shut down, their numbers are starting to plateau as well. And their deaths per capita and in general overall are smaller than every other company country in Europe. Sweden. Sweden didn't close down. They didn't close their restaurants. They didn't close their bars. They didn't close their small businesses. And everyone was trying to get them to do it. Because this happened, their whole argument goes out the window. Just like they wanted every single state to close down in the United States. Because if one state didn't do it, and it wasn't as bad as other states, then this whole argument of justifying the shutdown would have paid off. But Sweden didn't do it. They were about to. In the last week, they were talking about caving because of how much pressure they were getting and the numbers were going up. But now it looks like they are past their peak. And they never shut down. So when people say to you, this was the right move, this unconstitutional, this irresponsible, this foolish, hysterical decision by the government... When they say, if we didn't pay the price economically, we would have paid for it in lives, point to Sweden. That's all you need to say. When you're on a Facebook conversation, when you're on a Twitter debate, all you need to do is type the country Sweden. And that's all. The mic drop. Boom. That's it. Sweden proves that this was all foolish. It was foolhardy. We should have never done it. And here we are spending billions of dollars a week, trillions of dollars every bailout package, tens of millions unemployed. And it looks like if we would have just done what Sweden would have done, the differences would have been negligible. Statistically irrelevant. Statistically irrelevant. If you disagree, I'd love to hear from you. And one of the things I could just hear coming down the wind, coming down the pipe, is when someone says, well, Sweden has better health care than us. Our health care system in the United States did not underperform. In fact, it overperformed. Our hospitals were not at max capacity. In New York, the ship that we sent up, the hospital's projections for respirators and for ventilators and for all of the things that they thought we needed... We never ran out. I didn't hear of anyone, any hospitals running out of beds. In fact, we have so many ventilators now. We're setting up programs on how to use them going forward before this crisis isn't even done. And still, we're exporting them to other countries as well. We have produced so much equipment for this situation. That we're now an exporter of these goods. We don't need them. We're giving them to other countries and helping them out. So don't tell me it has anything to do with the healthcare system. It doesn't. We have the best tests. We have the most tests. We did never ran out of respirators. We never ran out of ventilators. Maybe the same thing. I don't know. We never ran out of masks. We never ran out of anything we needed from what I heard. Have you heard that? And we export everything. We are exporting the ex- excess that we have created in a matter of days. I mean, in a matter of weeks, we were building this stuff. I think it's a testament. And it's not even like we have a free healthcare system. We don't. It's so regulated and stuff. 
but don't ever let them debate that. Okay, so people started getting laid off because businesses, small businesses, weren't able to get their loans. And the Democrats, you know, held out and said, no, you need to give us handouts. You need to give us subsidies. We're going to hold this program hostage, even though it's bipartisan, to pass it in phase three of the deal. We're going to hold it hostage because we need to pay our donors, rural and minority groups. And so being pragmatic, which I don't justify, being a populist, which I'm not, Trump is giving in to them $60 billion, $370 billion deal. $60 billion of that is going to pork. It's going to lobbyists. It's going to special interest groups. $60 billion. And I know in this grand scheme of things, what's a billion dollars? What's $60 billion? We just spent $2 trillion on our third package. But still, guys, $60 billion. That's a lot of money. And we got to stop. We have a We have a country like Sweden who didn't even shut down. And they're getting over it. And we have shut down the biggest economy in the world in the United States. And what's worse is we're paying for it by sending bills through not to directly compensate those who we damaged and hurt, but to pay off political interests. Think about that. That's our leadership. That's our government right now. We are responsible for who we vote for. We're responsible for who we vote for. So this means we get what we deserve. And we're starting to see it. We're starting to pay for it. Okay. We are going to get to the Ford's article about how they are and the rest of the press is just basically regurgitating what the World Health Organization says. I want to talk about that. And then I also want to talk about this employee uh, compensation thing going on and I want to warn you if you're thinking about doing this and then I also um, maybe it's a thought or encouragement if you're thinking of taking this kind of this kind of um, job where you're getting underpaid for uh, what you're getting but first we got to talk about Kingsman Grooming Pros they are having your Kingsman Grooming products you go to kingsmangroomingpros.com they are having a sale right now 25% off put in that HGBT code You'll get 25% off. They have grooming products, pre-shave, after-shave, lotions, leather products, travel goods. When we start traveling again, they have tons of other great stuff. Go over to kingsmangroomingpros.com. Get 25% off a high-quality products. They're phenomenal. Phenomenal. Every single person who has bought them and talked to me about them or told me how they liked it, love it. I haven't had one negative review yet, and I get tons of reviews. Go try it out, kingsmangroomingpros.com. Support a Christian company, small business, get high-quality products, and get 25% off right now when you put in HTBT. Go over to kingsmangroomingpros.com. All right, the WHO, not the band, World Health Organization, they are the Chinese propaganda. They are responsible for covering up, for lying, for giving us misinformation to the whole world, not to the United States, because they're beholden to the Chinese government. And there's a lot of reasons for it. The people that are in charge of the WHO, 
their home countries, get a lot of resources from China, and there's all these other things. And that's upsetting, and I'm thankful that Trump defunded them, and I hope he doesn't give money back to them, which I have a feeling he won't. And I don't want to say this. I don't know how to say this because it's so fr- I'm so livid from this. I'm not mad because of this organization. These global organizations are trash. I've known they've been trash for a long time. But that our press, Forbes, Forbes, among a lot of these other ones, in fact, most of them, Keep saying things like this. No, there is no evidence to suggest that recovered coronavirus patients and former asymptomatic carriers who have coronavirus antibodies in their blood will have a long-term COVID-19 immunity, the World Health Organization said in a press conference. Why are you forwarding, quoting, citing as a source anything that has to do with the World Health Organization? They're Chinese propaganda. And you knowing this and forwarding, citing as sources, referencing, you are no better either. You are Chinese propaganda. The press that's supposed to be defenders of freedom, it's engraved, it's woven into the foundings of who we are. Not only are you bipartisan, I mean, not only are you partisan, and anti-Republican, anti-conservative, pro-big government. Not only are you that way here, but you're also shilling for the communist. You're shilling for another country. Are you kidding me? You're disgusting. You're absolutely disgusting. You're traitors. You're evil. When you are the propaganda arm of an evil empire like the communist Chinese you're evil you're disgusting and I don't know why any of us ever listen or care about anything they say it's so tempting to just never want to click on anything they write again except I need material (laughs) except I need to talk about business stuff on the podcast. It's so tempting not to ever retweet it, but it's so outrageous that you feel like you need to have a response to it. I don't know what to do, guys, but it's disgusting and it infuriates me to no end. To no end. They're traitors. They're evil. And they should be held accountable somehow. I don't know how. All right, last story of the day. Uh, this guy, he is a president of a mortgage company and it's on LinkedIn and I'm not going to share whose name is cause I don't know him and, or whatever, but it got 47,000 likes and 1800 comments on LinkedIn. And he said, I see a lot of employers seeking to hire highly qualified employees at bottom dollar. The highly qualified employee was making 120,000 a year. You're offering him 70,000 a year thinking you got a steal of a deal. The potential employee accept your offer. You think you just saved your company a lot of money because you've done what is that was um, you've done that with with the recent 25 new hires. What really is taking place is the company is just a stepping stone to provide interim income until they can search out a higher salary position. That is true. If you are a company and you're looking to hire and you think that you are going to be able to underpay highly qualified or anyone underpay anyone by definition, it doesn't matter if they're highly qualified or just regularly qualified qualified. 
If you're going to do that, you're putting yourself at potential risk of an exponential amount of money. And what I mean by that is that when they quit, when this economy comes back, because it is, it's not a typical recession, right? We didn't overextend ourselves. It's not like our companies have to restructure and those kinds of things. I mean, they're laying people off, but they have good credit. A lot of these companies are strong. They're in good financial position. So when they start to hire again, they are going to be paying them what they should be worth. And let's just say this is a, a good example. And I don't know if it is. I don't. I, this is just based off of this tweet. So it's very anecdotal. But if you hire someone for $70,000 and they're worth $120,000, a $50,000 difference, that guy is easily going to jump to another company. Now, what you may do is build such a great relationship that when they do want to jump, that you are prepared to give them a $50,000 raise, which is very uncharacteristic and unlikely for your company to do. I don't, depending on your HR and how big your company is, that you may not even be allowed to give someone a $50,000 a year increase. And I don't know if you know that as employees, that there are usually metrics and frameworks of how much you can give a raise to a person. So if you are uneducated, you get a job, let's just say you're making 20 bucks an hour, and we'll just keep it in hourly terms to make it, make it simple. You're making 20 bucks an hour, but then you go get your bachelor's, and then three years later, you get your master's. And let's just say a master's degree will typically get you $50 an hour doing the things you're doing. You're using your degree and things like that. Your company is not going to give you a 100% increase or a $30 an hour, more than 100% increase from that $20 an hour because they don't allow it to happen. And what usually happens is you have to jump companies, which is a stupid policy as much as it's a stupid policy to hire people under their salaries. Because replacing an employee is far more expensive than just paying them more for uh, what they left and went to another company for. So you want to be very cognizant of what it costs to hire a new employee. It is very expensive because you lose time from the last person you leaving and finding and filling that position, training that person to their position and getting them up and running. That's a long time of not having that position. That's lost productivity. What else? You're losing the expertise of that person that you've been building into for however long they've been into the company. And you're probably going to have to pay them more anyways because that seems to be what the market is going for just statistically. So you want to be careful in doing that and you you would really be wise to not underpay. It might seem tempting. It might seem like the way you can do it. If you have to do it, to survive, I mean, that's one thing, but then you need to be really cognizant of this factor and it's a threat to your uh, production, it's a threat to your company and you need to take mitigation steps going forward. Maybe you slowly increase their salary. Maybe you have an understanding with HR. Maybe you have an understanding with this employee, give them other benefits and things like that. Um, You need to be really careful when you are underpaying people because you always get what you pay for. With that, we'll talk to you tomorrow. God bless.